Dave here, and before this episode of a Top 3 Podcast, I have some cool people that I would like to say thank you to. People like Chris Nelson, Zolgeek, Colby Moyer, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, Jill, Kieran, ZNA, Gilmer, Mikey Tabletop, and new patrons, Jacob from the Pre-Order Bonus Podcast, Matt, aka Stormageddon, Randall Quiggle, Bryant Ross, Jeff on the Brain, and Cupcakes have all gone to patreon.com slash realdavejackson to support a top three podcast and Tales from the Backlog, and I appreciate you all very much. Listeners, you can be just like them if you head to patreon.com slash realdavejackson. You will get some cool treats as well as my undying love and respect. On to the show. And uh, this, uh, this is a top three podcast. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a top three podcast, where we honor the time-old tradition of listing our favorite things and arguing about it. My name is Dave Jackson, joined today by the regular top three crew, starting with Aaron Angle. Top. Alan Nichols. Hey, guys. And fan favorite, Bloodbath McGrath. Hey, America. Happy New Year. I hope you all went to the gym one time and said, <laughs> fuck it, and are now sitting home eating ice cream. And I hope you guys spent New Year's Day doing nothing but edging all day. Edging, edging, edging. Yes. That's very funny. It's and so our topic today is top three times that we edged to oblivion in 2022. On <laughs> 2022, damn, I'm gonna have to change my list. Yeah, uh. <laughs> July 2nd was a uh, well, it was primo. Um, our topic today is the top three movies, albums, TV shows, video games, and miscellaneous entertainment from 2022. And if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, what we've done is we've all picked our top three, and then this is how the show works. We share our top threes, but we don't say all of them at once. We'll take turns going around uh, three, two, one. Honorable mentions at the end, and then, as always, our community top threes. So uh, this topic today, top three, movies, albums, games, TV shows, etc. Miscellaneous entertainment from 2022. And I think we're going to be, we're going to have a wide range of things that we're considering to be entertainment. Um, I was trying to think about this because I actually keep track. Everyone, everyone who knows me knows that I, I mostly play video games in my free time and I do keep track of the games I play. So last year, 2022, I beat uh, 62 video games I watched zero Jesus movies. Christ. No, no, no. I watched that two movies and I watched one <laughs> season of TV. So you guys can guess where my list is headed. I am going to make an attempt to not make it just straight up video games though, because I did watch something that I think is pretty good. Um, but on your lists, where, where are we leaning here, guys? Besides Alan, I know Alan's going to talk about his favorite time. He took his dog for a walk. Yeah, and this, this sunset last this, February. <laughs> yeah, the sunrise. And one time he got a perfect grind on his coffee. Uh, that's entertainment for Alan. It was good. It was good. I just like the fact that I imagine now that Dave 
you know, if if Dave and his wife are intimate one night, he gets up the next day and goes, oh, that was pretty primo. Or that was, <laughs> that's very simple. You're right. It's please, weird. I please, do, I've, please do better. I've never <laughs> said the word off. primo before. Not sure why it came out tonight. Yeah. Feeling randy. Uh, I know that I did not. This is a little hard for me because I did not watch or consume much new media or entertainment this year. Everything I consumed is something that's already been released. Um, so it was a little hard to kind of figure out um, stuff that came out this year that I did see that I liked or that I watched or, or, you know, engaged with. So it was a little hard for me, but I, I, I was able to get three different, you know, platform, you have a movie, a TV show and music. So I was pretty, I was pretty happy that I was able to do that. Because yeah. for a minute there, I was going to be like, can I just say like Seinfeld reruns like the entire time? <laughs> Are they newly remastered or something? Because then you can, yeah. <laughs> you can lawyer Twitter your way feed? into it. Yeah. Ah, that would have been, oh, I didn't even think about going that route. I could have just looked for like 2022 remasters of shit. Fuck. <laughs> I'm the same as Bloodbath. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Like when I was making my list, the first like 20 things that popped into my head were video games, but I didn't, I mean, I watched like four movies this year and only one of them was from this or from last year. And it made my list. Uh, TV shows. Yeah. Who fucking knows, dude, I've just been going through the HBO catalog, but, uh, so I, I, I'm with bloodbath. Like I, I, and, uh, Dave, like I, I, I want to have a little bit of variety to my list. Like, you know, I want to talk about sports a little bit cause there's a lot of cool sports shit that happened last year as well. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, I, I, I didn't really intake a lot of like content outside of video games last year at all. So this one was pretty tough for me too. Dude, I can already, I can already feel rat boy getting mad right now. Cause we're just going to talk about video games the whole time. There was like you. seven Marvel movies last year, bro. That's that's Dude, what I watched, rat boy sounds I watched, like. Uh, I watched two Marvel movies like. last year. They both sucked. Yeah, so. I believe that fun fact. I just don't seem to ever watch any Marvel movies. And if I'm being totally honest, um, I have played more video games this year, this last half of the year than I normally do. However, I bought a retro console so like I'm just playing like 1941 and like other like old arcade games. So I'm not even playing anything that's new. So like well, I, when was that console produced, dude? You know, when did it when when was it made available? <laughs> that would count. 2020. I mean, I guess it could. It, I, there's no video games on my list, but like All right. just saying in the same boat, like I just I'm at that. I guess I'm at that point where I just want to go back and look at old stuff. Yeah. All around. All right, so we'll go ahead and get into our lists. Um, and I'm going to start with my number three. And I'm actually pretty excited to talk about this one because I played the, I did a, this is a video game. Um, and on my video games podcast, Tales from the Backlog, you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts by searching for Tales from the Backlog. Anyway, fucking um, chill. I, <laughs> um, I did a game of the year episode on there, but then I played this game after that episode came out, but this game was released in 2022. And I know Aaron's all about this shit too. So I'm going to talk about it now. It's called Chained Echoes and I'm playing it right now. And what it is, if you're listening, is all those game, all those like Japanese RPGs from back on the Super Nintendo, Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger, Secret of Mana, 
um, and then stuff on the PlayStation as well, like Suikoden, this one German dude made like a love letter to those games, a new game. It plays like those. It's reminiscent of those. And it's really, really great. So if you're like, if you're listening to this, you don't play a ton of video games, but like you do have fond memories of playing Final Fantasy VI, like I do, Chrono Trigger, stuff like that. This game is so fucking good. Like it's good at being reminiscent of those old things, but it's also good in its own right. Um, the combat's fun. The story is fucking wild. I'm having a great time with it. And I didn't get a chance to talk about it on my game of the year episode because it released in December and I just hadn't played it yet, but it was from 2022. It's my number three chained echoes. You know, we did a very early episode uh, with Scott where we did like the best video games that have come out during the last 10 years. If we Mm -hmm. would have done that episode this week, this game would be on there. Now, Chain Echoes is not on my list because I have not finished it yet. But I don't think I've been as so obsessed with a video game other than the one video game that's going to be on my list later. Final Fantasy VI is maybe my favorite video game of all time. And you can tell the guy who made this game or the team of people who made this game, whatever, uh, really like, like it's almost like a love letter to that like old school like JRPG. I mean, it literally has things in it that I feel like every RPG should have to some degree. It's not just the battle system that's fun. There's there's tons of secrets and side quests. And while I am a sicko and I like to grind those games, you're not really allowed to in this game. But yeah. I find ways like you can <laughs> find any way that you want to play this game and play it that way within the confines of that really like familiar JRPG structure. I'm not going to talk too much more about it. Uh, because me and Dave like will do this on Tales from the Backlog like in the near future. But Dave, mm-hmm. I- I'm with you. Chained Echoes is a haven't finished it, so I couldn't put it on my list. A 10 out of 10. This is a top 20 all time video game to me, and I could not agree with you more, dude. It's 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 beautiful. It, it really yeah. is beautiful. I had to stop playing it to record this podcast tonight, and I was fucking mad, dude. I was I was I was <laughs> oh, shit. top three is in 15 minutes. Yeah, I'll just tell them all I started shitting out. Like I just I, I have like massive diarrhea. I can't do it tonight, so I can play this game. So yeah, I it, you know I won't talk anymore. But it's such a good fucking game. I, I love it, yeah. dude, so much. It's really great, and um, I'm confident in saying that had I played it before I made my game of the year episode, it would have been at least number three, maybe number two. Like it's really, really good. And like you said, the only reason it would have been, would not have been number one is because there's another game I'll talk about later that was just, you know, well, we'll get there. Um, anyway, so that's Chained Echoes, and I, I like highly, highly recommend it to anyone who has good memories of playing RPGs on the Super Nintendo, like straight up. It's awesome. So that's my number three. Aaron, what is your number three? All right. My number three is going to be maybe the only movie I watched this year that came out this year. Like I watched this movie <laughs> uh, Friday after next and a whole bunch of documentaries. That's the only things <laughs> I could count. Uh, but my number three is going to be weird. The Al Yankovic story. So this is a parody movie about weird Al Yankovic's life starring Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, and it's kind of like a, 
so what, what was that movie uh walk hard uh yeah. they, they it was like the johnny <laughs> cash parody movie this uh-huh. movie kind of like falls in line with that like it's a very grandiose like r- like a- a- over exaggerated like idea of what weird al's career was actually like there's like a side story where madonna's just his girlfriend and she is obsessed with him sexually there's a part <laughs> where he has to like uh go into like the jungles of columbia and like save her from like this really dangerous drug dealer like there's a scene at the beginning where like an accordion salesman uh comes to his house and he says, I want to play the accordion. And his dad, like, he's like, no goddamn son of mine is going to play the accordion. That's the devil's music. And they kind of treat <laughs> polka music like what, like, rock and roll music was kind of, like, viewed as in, like, the, 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 the 30s and 40s and 50s. Uh, tons of people are in this movie. Uh, Conan O'Brien's in this movie. Uh, Jack Black. Uh, shit. The, the, I can't remember his name. The guy who played Dangle. Uh, in uh, Reno 911. Uh, he's in it. There, there's so many. Dimitri Martin's in it. Like, there, there's uh, Will Forte. Man, I, I could literally, like, just go 20 minutes naming this, but it was a really, really good movie. It was really well done. And Daniel Radcliffe, that was the best Daniel Radcliffe performance I've ever seen in my life. Fuck <laughs> Harry Potter, dude. Fuck, like, he was so... So, so, so funny in that movie. Uh, and I, 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 I loved it. I love Weird Al. Uh, I, I, I love that, like, when they were like, hey, we're going to make a Weird Al movie. What's the best way to do this? We're going to parody uh, Weird Al's life. So, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about it. If you want to watch it, it's on the Roku channel. Weird. But you can watch it on the Roku channel or download it illegally. But, uh, yeah, my number three, Weird the Al Yankovic story. Yeah, um... I'm just going to say, like, I kept seeing previews and trailers. So, like, I heard the movie was coming and I'm like, oh, okay, like, whatever. And then you didn't really hear a whole lot about it. And then, like, the first trailer, it's like you watched it and they, from what you saw at the beginning, it's like they were playing it like it's a real movie, like a a, a serious movie, as if it's like there's honestly a story they want to tell. And then you kind of go, wait a minute, what, like, weird out, like, what? I never heard of any like real crazy, interesting story that's there to tell. And then you kind of see how they've structured it. And it's like very similar, like to walk the line or walk hard. And then you realize like, Oh, it's just a pair. Like the movie itself is a parody and it's just gold. It's so good. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, Aaron put it perfectly. Like it, it, like so many people are in the movie, so many, you know, just everything's perfect about it. As far as like, if you're like a weird Al fan, I'm not like a huge weird Al fan, but like if you're somewhat of a fan, you know, I think it's worth everyone's time to watch it because it's super funny and really encapsulates like his brand of comedy and his style really, really well. Like I've heard a lot of people talking about the movie, but I, I almost feel it's like gone hugely unnoticed and underrated. Like it's really good. Yeah, I I wanted to watch it. I just haven't haven't seen it yet. But I do love the idea of the like, the you know the fake biography movie, like the Walk Hard type thing. It also reminded me of um, if any of you read Norm Macdonald's autobiography, which is kind of like the same thing. Like it starts out as you know his early life, but it quickly just spins into like tall tales and stuff like that, and things that are just flat out you know not true that 
he made up about his own life. So it's very on brand for Weird Al to have something like that too. And I've heard nothing but good things about it. And we're also going to see quite a bit of that um, that movie on our listener top threes in this. Episode. Really, that's yeah. hilarious, dude. Yeah. I thought for sure nobody'd <laughs> hear it. See, now I'm not surprised Bloodbath has, but like it's so 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 good. Yeah. I can't believe so many people. I've, I've been trying to talk to this <laughs> about this movie with people forever, dude. That's funny. It's interesting too because I feel like this year, especially like you had um, movies that came out that are. You know, they're not they're not necessarily reboots, they're not necessarily reimaginings, but they're sort of like spiritual, like like a spiritual kind of like cover or collaboration or like a and the essence of like what makes something good. Like, you know, the the Christmas story Christmas movie came out and like, you know, that wasn't necessarily you know, it's kind of a sequel, but sort of not really, but it's also sort of like an homage and like a a love letter to that. And I think like the Weird Al movie is it was a lot like that too. It's like, it's, it's made very much for the fans, but like, it's also done in a way that it is like itself, like something that he would have like made himself. If that makes sense. He he did help write it and produce it. Like he had his thumb all over this fucking movie, <laughs> dude. And it's like what bloodbath said earlier. Like it's very, very much like, like if you watch like a, uh, like, like UFO or you watch like those old weird Al Yankovic shows that like style of humor is like ingrained into this movie. And like, if you give weird Al like 45 million dollars or whatever to make a movie like that style of humor with like that kind of like cinematography and like there's special effects and explosions and you know what i mean they they gave weird out the green light to make the movie he wanted to make and it's awesome ufo or uh what was that uho uhf uhf yeah that movie sucked right it's because he only had fifteen thousand dollars to make it but even the green light to make his own movie. It's, it's, it's wonderful, dude. Everybody here would love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, I don't have like a watch list per se, but if I did, it would definitely be at the top. Uh, That's yeah. I always say like, yeah, you know, I want to watch it and I'll never watch it, but like weird Al, I probably will get around to watching that. I love weird Al so much. So, uh, cool. Aaron's number three, weird. The Al Yankovic story. Alan, what is your number three? So I didn't, uh, I didn't watch a lot of new movies or TV shows or listen to a lot of mu- new music last year. Um, so my number three is that time that Twitter imploded uh, and there were a <laughs> bunch of parody accounts. That day was there. Like, I think it, funny. <laughs> I think it counts. It was great. Uh, Eli Lilly gave away free insulin and American girl admitted that Felicity owned slaves. I mean, it was like, uh, <laughs> what, what? Yes, it was, it was so great. Funny. It was funny. From, American girl. Oh, that's so oh the parodies, the parodies. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The parody yeah. accounts. Yeah. I like Pepsi admitted that Coke was better. It was great. Mario gave everybody the finger. It was yeah. It was a wild day beginning to end. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot to say about it other than that it was really, really funny. And so, you know, if you were like, I don't know, in in Russian prison or something while that was going on, check it out, like, because it was really good. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter Blue, I think is what it's called. It was, uh, that was a really fun night to be. I am like terminally on Twitter. Like, I can't, I'm so 
addicted to Twitter. I love it. So like that was a very hilarious time to be on Twitter because um because Elon Musk kept trying to you know institute new policies or new rules and people would just be like oh well we have a, an extremely easy loophole to make yeah, this rule well go fuck yourself make sir. it even worse than it was before. <laughs> so people were doing that, but also like that whole night people were just like eulogizing Twitter and just being like, I'll never talk to my weird Twitter friends ever again. Here's, you know, here's like my personal home address. Come find me people. I love you. And it was like <laughs> super weird, but those, uh, those parodies were really funny. I remember seeing something about, um, like there's a Lockheed Martin, um, parody account that was doing some shit that was like, Oh, the U S government's going to like, not yeah. like this at all. So that was funny. <laughs> yeah. If Elon Musk ever buys Reddit, your Twitter, Dave, is my Reddit, dude. I, I would do the same thing. I go on and I go through all the tropes. I tell everybody I love them, dude. Alan, that is such a wild pick. That's so funny. That's, it's, it's very, I'm not even on very Twitter. Alan I went pick, on but Twitter it, it was, like that night and I was like, oh, shit, this place is burning down. Yeah. I'm not mad at that one. I'm not mad at Alan yet because that was a very hilarious time to be on Twitter. One of the best times to ever be on Twitter. It was yeah, get, one, one I never had a Twitter. Count. Yeah. I didn't get a Twitter until that day. I got a Twitter that day to watch it happen. We lost a bloodbath. He just he just texted, hold on, guys. I had a power surge. I don't believe I assume that means his Pikachu ran out of energy and he has to go feed it some snacks to get the house going again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about man. maintenance though. So Yeah, every house comes with a Pikachu in the basement. Does your yeah. house not have a Pikachu? I can't find it. I assume it's here somewhere. It's in the crawl oh, space. Boss, man. The crawl. Do Brian go in there? There's spiders in there, man. There's also a Pikachu in there. Good point. BRB. <laughs> that was a tough one, though. I like, You're so stupid, dude. There was some serious competition for my number three. I, I mean, got it. Like, Alan's <laughs> ever made me laugh all year, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be very funny if Alan's like recurring theme was all of the funniest things that happen or all of his like top three are things that Elon Elon Musk had a hand in. <laughs> no, no, I, it wasn't even about Elon Musk. It wasn't even about like throwing shade at Elon Musk. Like uh, obviously shade deserves to be to be very thrown funny there. Correct. Yeah. But like, yeah. you know, it, it was really about like Chiquita Banana. They were like, we have officially overthrown the government of venezuela yeah and then they offered a correction saying that they were just kidding they hadn't overthrown a government since 1954 it was like really funny yeah not and that's not to mention all of the all of the accounts that were just like oh let me pay 10 bucks and impersonate elon musk and say some very hilarious shit with his picture on there it's also very funny yeah i don't i really have never gotten into twitter so I just never pay any attention to it, but I heard it was a real shit show and really funny. That it was. Yeah. So that was Alan's number three. Uh, the night Twitter burned down. Bloodbath, what's your number three? All right. So a little preamble to my list. Uh, so 2022 uh, was kind of a tough year for me. Uh, if you know, you know, but you know, I had some, a lot of stuff happen. Uh, I got separated and divorced, um, later on in the year. Unfortunately, my dad got sick and passed away. So my year was, uh, different, uh, for sure. And 
I think I've picked out a list that I think kind of, while they may be some things that other people weren't talking about a lot or, or interested in, um, they kind of really just personally resonated with me a lot for different reasons, uh, just because I had a lot going on this year. So um, each one of my picks will, will kind of reflect that a little bit. So uh, number three, I'm going to say, um, <clears throat> as I sort of mentioned earlier, uh, it's a Christmas story. Christmas came out uh, back in December on HBO max. It is a sequel to a Christmas story. Uh, the reason I picked this, uh, it's a good movie. Like everyone should definitely check it out. Um, it's a, it's a really well done sequel. Um, it's not super cheesy or, uh, doesn't really have a lot of the traps that you would kind of notice in a sequel, um, that came out decades after the original. Um, what's really nice about it is, you know, in the plot, uh, a grown up Ralphie, goes back home because his dad's passed away and it's Christmas time and he has to write the eulogy for his dad. And obviously for me, that was pretty personal, just kind of based on the fact that I lost my dad this year and I had to do a lot of uh, help putting the eulogy together and, and stuff like that. So I could, so I really resonated with it. Um, but in addition to that, it was just really nice to see um a representation of uh, a family dealing with grief during the holiday season that wasn't necessarily overly dramatic or super serious. That was somewhat lighthearted, but still, uh, you know, again, it just sort of came out at the right time that it made, uh, it was just really special to watch and it meant a lot. Um, you know, it's definitely not the original. Um, if you're a big fan of the original, like definitely, you know, definitely check it out on that saying it's going to take place to become like the new um, yearly tradition that you're going to watch this one. But uh, it was still really good. And, and just for me personally, it made uh, my list for, you know, just kind of, you know, right place, right time sort of thing. Also too, I just like when this movie was announced, it kept irking me. So the original movie takes place in the forties. That's why the sequel takes place in the seventies because people kept thinking it took place like today. I was like, no, that wouldn't make sense. Also, um, I don't believe this one is based on a book, uh, from Gene Shepard's life, but, um, I kept pointing out to people on Facebook cause I, I'm, uh, I guess I'm an asshole like that. Like this is not the first <laughs> sequel to a Christmas story. There's like several, um, there are like, uh, yeah, there's, so there's a bunch there are a bunch of direct sequels that don't have to do with Christmas about um, Ralphie and his family. Uh, they're all usually always played by different actors. Um, and then there's one that's like a spiritual sequel. That's like, they didn't have the rights. Gene Shepard wrote it, but he didn't have the rights to use an actual store book he had written. So he just wrote, wrote it and kind of changed all the names. Uh, and then there is also two more Christmas uh, story sequels that were not written by Gene Shepard. They're just like the studio owned the rights. So they made sequels. Like one of them's got uh, Daniel Stern plays the dad in one of them. Um, it's, it's very interesting. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's like Ralphie's like 16. It's like Christmas and Ralphie's 16. He gets a car. Like it's they're They're kind of dumb, but uh, I don't know. I just felt the need to point that out to everybody on Facebook. So I'm pointing it out to everybody now on a podcast. Thank you. Hell Yeah. 
What and what is a podcast for if not to point things out to people? Right, Bloodbath? Yeah, right. I don't care if you're an asshole on Facebook, dude. I love you here and always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we love you, Bloodbath. We know that we know it was a tough year, but we love you, man. Love you too, buddy. So in that movie, the the Christmas story movie, was it the same actor that played Ralphie? Yeah, and this one, the new one that came out, yeah, it's it's yeah. Peter what is Billings he like seventy? So. No, dude, he's like the m- movie came out in the eighties. Like he's in his like late forties. <laughs> he was late a child. Seventies. It's the same thing. <laughs> all you older listeners. That's mom. True. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the movie. The movie is set, The movie is set in the seventies. Because the original movie was set in the 40s. Yeah, I was getting confused. I thought like, yeah, Ralphie's 96 years old and he has to go home. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's what like I heard people on like podcasts and stuff that were talking about. They're just like, I think it takes place in like, you know, like the 90s or like today or something like that. I'm like, no, Ralphie would be like 100 years old. Like that doesn't like (laughs) the math does not work. (laughs) Nice. Good thing we kept those calculators from high school. Right. Yeah. Cool. So, Christmas story. Um, the a new Christmas one. story. Christmas. A Christmas story. Christmas, and not one of the other many sequels that I had never heard of. So that was Bloodbath's number Correct. three. <laughs> uh, my number two is um, not a video game. It is a show on Disney Plus, and it's the only show that I watched a complete season of. But I do think it was pretty all right, and it's called Andor. Did any of you guys watch Andor? I have not, but if you say something's good Star Wars wise, I trust you. It's it's on the list. I have not watched it. B-Man, did you? I started watching a little bit of the first episode, which is where I'm at. Same with like uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Mm-hmm. So I didn't watch Obi-Wan. I didn't watch The Mandalorian. I didn't watch whatever other Star Wars shows are out there. Uh, so I haven't watched a Star Wars thing since episode nine because I'm so fucking disappointed by episode nine. Um, but people kept telling me that Andor is really good. And I watched it. I watched the whole thing. It's like I said, it's the only full season of a show that I watched in 2022. And I agree. It is pretty good. And it's it stands out for a couple of reasons. Number one, there are no Jedi in the show at all. And it stands up as a, not only like as a good Star Wars story with no Jedi, but it's still entertaining without, you know, without magic basically. So I think that that is something that's like not to be taken for granted when you talk about Star Wars, because so many people's favorite thing about Star Wars are Jedi and watching people, you know, cut people in half with lightsabers. And there's none of that in Andor. Um, It's more like a, like a prestige drama type feeling to it. There's action scenes and stuff too. And those are fun. And there's some really amazing like visual scenes in there too. So I just think it's really good. The character, um, it's the same character from rogue one. It's a prequel before rogue one happened for people who don't know. Uh, so it's that same character. I didn't remember the character from rogue one. I thought Andor was the name of a planet because that sounds like a star Wars planet, but no, it's the, dude's, it's the dude's name. Um, but it is a really good show. The acting is really good. The writing is very good for a star Wars thing. And there are some, um, just really gripping, like there's some really gripping like camera work and like 
the way scenes are set up is really, really good. So I, I wanted to shout out Andor, uh, also because I didn't want to just talk about four video games on my list, but I did think Andor was pretty good. Um, so, and, uh, Andy Serkis is in that show. He's not doing CGI. He's his real self and he's really awesome in it. Uh, it caught me by surprise. So I, I haven't seen it. The one thing that I will say though is Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie to come out since like episodes one, two, and three. So if it's using the same character, it's a or a you said it was a prequel to that story. That leads yeah. me to believe that like if they're like I won't watch Obi Wan, I won't, and I watched the Mandalorian some of it before I just was like fuck me fuck this show, dude. Uh, but <laughs> if there was one Star Wars like if I hadn't seen any of those three. And you explain what those three were, Andor would be the first. I'd be like, oh, uh, same guy from Rogue One, uh, prequel to that movie. Yeah, that's a fucking, that, that's a great idea. I'll watch that one first. So it, it's definitely on the list, man. I've heard nothing but awesome things about it. Why won't you watch Obi Wan? I, I heard it's bad, and I don't want okay. it. Like I, I don't know. I, I love that. I was just one, curious. Two, and three, and, and and I love you and McGregor, dude. And like, I just, I've heard so many bad things that I don't want that to be my most recent impression mcgregor and also of the character of obi-wan if that makes any sense yeah i get that yeah so that's awesome dave that you're giving it such a high recommendation because i was legit not even gonna watch it but if you're saying that i'm 100 percent gonna check it out so like i haven't really minded any of the Star Wars TV shows they put out. Like I like both seasons of the Mandalorian. The book of Boba Fett was pretty decent. Um, I watched, I do, th- I think I got like five episodes in Obi-Wan and like, it wasn't terrible. I wasn't like super in love with it, but like, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's like, it's definitely the worst one for sure, but I just didn't feel like watching Mandalorian. And I feel the same way about episode nine, but what's interesting is you made a comment, Dave, and I never thought about it like this. You were like, you know, the Jedi, you know, cause it's like magic and I'm like, then there's no Jedi in the story. I'm like, that's actually really cool because I feel like I need more star Wars without Jedi. And I think it's because I think part of the reason, maybe like the pre the sequels are not that good. And maybe part of the reason people don't like parts of the prequels is that the Jedi are just magic. And it's like the more, the more time you spend around the Jedi, they can just kind of do whatever the fuck they want to do. And like, they're just like, Oh, we can't explain something. We can't figure something out. They use the force. That's all right. The force black magic. We're good. And this character died and we, we don't want them to die yet. All right. So the force, we can just kiss people back to life. Now that's a real thing we can do. All right. Moving on. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think that's definitely and I didn't realize until you just said that, but like that is for sure. It's like it hinders their ability to write the story in a lot of ways. I think they've yeah, they I think part of what's wrong with Star Wars now is like there's too much mythology that they have to like contend with to write a story. Too many things have to connect to each other. Too many things have to like build upon like too much. They keep going back and trying to like build like do more world bid do more world bend building which they just don't need to do Um, yeah Uh, i mean a while ago they threw out all of the the old extended universe canon just so they could make room for the new stuff that they were trying to make but so like don't get me wrong andor is not the best show i've seen in like the last five years it's not 
not the it's certainly not the best uh in the last like 10 years or so but i think it is really good and it proved to me and proved to a lot of people i think that star wars doesn't need jedi to feel like star wars this still very much felt like star wars even though there's no lightsabers so it gets points for that it was entertaining um and you get to uh, you get to see some imperial bureaucracy too which was kind of fun to see cuz before this it was just you know, Grand Moff Tarkin standing in front of a window, you know, saying eliminate them or some bullshit. Uh, that's the Empire. Now you get to see them like planning and deal, like doing damage control and stuff like that. So if you're into that aspect of Star Wars, you know, it's You're into it's committee good. meetings. It's, Dude, it's yeah, great. they're fucking Imperial board meetings. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I am into people, that. Yes, very much. Balance sheets. <laughs> Ooh. Oh yeah. No, I <laughs> I liked Rogue One a lot. Um for I I don't know. Maybe it was because there wasn't like a lot of Jedi magic in it. I just think it had a more compelling story than the other um later releases. And later releases I consider anything after the prequels. I mean, because the prequels yeah. they told a story and even even the sequels, I feel like they have a compelling story. The the focus was on the story, they did use Jedi as and the Force as like a, a method of short circuiting what stories usually look like, but that's just that's just Star Wars, baby. Um <laughs> and these these new like one-off movies and one-off TV shows, I don't know. I I have not I watched maybe a season of the Mandalorian. I don't know. When did Lando get there? Lando's in the the Mandalorian spoiler alert i guess but um i watched until until lando was around and then i stopped i didn't even touch obi-wan and i've considered andor because i liked rogue one so much but i don't know i don't buy disney's ability to write compelling star wars stories i mean maybe the dialogue's better maybe the cgi is better maybe the action sequences are better whatever but um i don't know the right Alan, Alan Alan's made some good fucking points. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's one hundred percent right about everything he said. The all right, so just to wrap this up, in Andor, the writing is good. The story, like the the grand story, is is interesting in something like this because you already know how it ends because this is a prequel to Rogue One, so you know where this is going. But the minute to minute writing and the characters and stuff, I do think are pretty good and like far better than the sequel trilogy as far as that goes now it's not as entertaining because it's not a you know it's not like jedi battles and stuff like that but you know that's not all entertainment is and i think star wars proved that it can be other things so slow burn yeah it definitely it is a slow burn type of show so that's my number two and or aaron how about you number two and i am almost 100 percent sure i'm going to take dave's number one and I don't mean to, and I don't want to take this away from you if it is, but it is not only the best video game I played last year, it is a top 10 video game I've ever played in my life. My number two is going to be Elden Ring. Um, I generally tend to stay away from those uh, dark, dark soul. What do you call those kinds of games, Dave? You, you got it. Dark Souls. Souls-likes. Yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, exactly. So it's a Souls-like game. Uh, I, I, I really don't have the patience to do stuff like that, but 
it had gotten to a, and this isn't the first time we've talked about it here. And we, I did an episode with Ryan Arrington, former guest on this uh, podcast. I've done a couple episodes of Tales from the Backlog. We, Dave did uh, an entire Elden Ring week on his podcast because month. of Elden Ring up, month. Month. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Right, like, you did like four episodes or whatever of this, sh- of uh, your podcast just about this game specifically. And that's because it is like, it's it's it dude it, you know there are parts of that game that i i would be like yo dude this is the best video game ever made um and dave is way more like he can explain this way more eloquently than i can and he, because he, he plays those souls like games and i don't but i remember just the hype behind this game i, I mean george R. R. martin was a heavy hand in like the world building aspect and like the literary aspect and the backstory and the, the the lore and history of the of this world and these characters. And when I heard that, I was like, dude, I, I cannot wait to play this fucking game. Oh, it's like Dark Souls. I'm never going to beat it, right? So I, I <laughs> went when uh, when that game came out, I knew uh, two weeks ahead of how I could cheese that fucking game. Okay, so here's how I can beat this game uh, because I'm not good enough at games like this to beat it. And the fact that it even gives you that the option to cheese it when other games in that series made by that same company, uh, like they they don't give you that option. But yeah, it's a uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like it, it's it's super minimalistic. It doesn't give you a lot. Uh, a lot of what I learned about the game, I had to learn from you know listening to people talk about it. I was I was very much in the dark in terms of like the story but it was it, it was a brilliant game like they're, they're basically just like okay here's the world go explore it it had that very i i i i guess like you know it, it has that like same like i got that same feeling playing that game that i did playing ocarina of time for the first time where i was like oh shit dude i got this world and everything is scary how do how do i navigate this so i'm I, you know I, I i love this game it's a 10 out of 10 uh it was by far the best video game made last year even though like there are a couple of games i played where admittedly i would want to put them ahead of it but i'd be wrong uh it, it, it's it's that good of a game and like i said dave could talk about this ad nauseum and he can explain it way better than i can but i i i, I cannot recommend it enough it, it was a game i never thought i would be able to beat it was a game i thought i would play ryan errington said when i when i told ryan errington i bought the game he's like you just threw 70 dollars in the trash can dude you'll never finish this fucking <laughs> game and I, I i i did and it's kind of like what it, it's like a badge of honor i feel like in my entire video game careers like i was able to beat this game that is supposedly really hard. Um, so I'll always be like proud of myself of that because it was very, very hard for me, even though I cheesed it. So I'll chill Elden ring, brilliant game, one game of the year. Everybody, I, everybody who played that game, even if they didn't say it was game of the year, enjoyed every single like minute of it. And, uh, that, that, that's why I had to talk about it. It was the best video game I played last year, probably by far. So yeah, Elden ring number two. Yeah, that's it's my number one. Like, and there's no doubt. There was no doubt about that. When I was doing my like I said, I played, I beat not just played, I beat over 60 games last year. And Elden Ring is by far my favorite game that I played last year. And I played a lot of really good games. And so Aaron talked about, you know, a lot of stuff. And a lot of the reason it's so good is because it let people who uh are either intimidated or bounced off because the older games were so hard. Um, they they put a lot of stuff in the game to allow people to experiment with a lot of different ways to get past challenges and stuff like that. 
but like I don't want to get too deep into video game stuff um, because this is not a video game podcast. So I'll just say like um, Dark Souls in that series is one of my favorite series of games ever. It might be it might be my favorite series of games I've ever played. And George R. R. Martin was involved, the writer of one of my favorite series of books, and they were taking the whole thing into a giant open world uh, game. So this had like impossible expectations. And we did that episode with Jim about uh, things that let us down, right? And this game met and exceeded the impossible expectations that I had for it. So just by doing that, it had to be my number one of any you know entertainment I had. And it was so good. I did a whole month of podcasts about it. I also did a whole month of podcasts about it because it took a hundred fucking hours to beat. And I loved every hour of that until the last uh, boss. But if I loved 99 and a half hours out of a hundred, that's a pretty damn good deal, I think. So yeah, easily my number one. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it, you know, and I, I think that's a really, really good point you made is like the hype was so big that it got somebody like me who didn't give a single shit about playing that kind of game, like to buy it like day one when I had the chance. And here's the other thing is like I bought that shit day one and I had zero glitch problems. Zero. Nothing. None. none. Yep, there was not a single worked. part in that. It just worked. And like, you know, I'm, I'm generally like a no, I'll wait till like all the bad reviews come out and they put in a couple patches. Then I'll buy the game. Hopefully it'll be on sale by then. Blah, 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 blah. But the hype caught up with me and I bought it immediately and I had zero problems with that game there there's not one complaint i had from start to finish even like the minute shit like like the grinding like you didn't grind and i've talked about how much i like to grind in video games i could grind that shit for hours and 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 have fun if i got bored oh just uh switch up what magic you're using dude it's just as fast and the effects are different go ahead and grind homeboy so uh, (laughs) it, it was literally everything i ever wanted out of a video game it had that very minimalistic like zelda esque feel to it where it wasn't giving you all the information you needed and you had to go out and find it yourself. There are tons of secrets and it never felt like the world was big, but it didn't feel empty, but it did feel empty. Like, right. But I, I, like I said, it's the best video game that was made last year. Mm -hmm. Probably the best video game that's been made in the last 10 years. Arguably the best video game that's made in the last 15 or 20 years. It's just, it's that kind of, it has like that kind of scope around it. So I I had to talk about it in terms, like that was the very first thing I thought of when we made this list. I was like, okay, so Elden Ring's on here somewhere. Can I think of other stuff? Yep. When I made the list, it was the same as my game of the year list. It was Elden Ring's number one. And then there's a sizable gap. Now let's figure out the rest of the list. So same here today. So that's Aaron's number two and my number one, Elden Ring. And Alan, what's your number two? I can't wait. So my number two, the artist has been out for a long time. Um, well, for some period of time. I really don't know how long. Um, but it's a video. Well, I guess, what do they call them on Instagram? <laughs> Videos? <laughs> Videos. So there's a video on Instagram <laughs> um, by a, a, a horseman named buckets the drummer and he (laughs) covers master of puppets by metallica and that's uh one of the most entertaining things you're gonna see uh from the year 2022 so anyone that doesn't know buckets buckets the drummer i don't know if this is just like i only recently got on instagram and so i it may have figured out that i'm just a weird fuck i don't know if 
this is just something specifically that's getting sent to me. But Bucket's the drummer. He's a uh, he's a guy who wears a uh, a, a horse head and uh, a red flannel shirt, and he sits in his bathtub with a five gallon bucket. <laughs> uh, and, and every time, every video, he turns to the camera and looks at the camera, and then grabs his drumsticks out of the toilet, uh, <laughs> just shakes the water off of it, and then he just goes ham on this five gallon bucket. And I don't know if any if you guys have heard bucket drumming before, but it's wild what these guys can do um, with just drumsticks and a bucket and like lifting it off the ground a little bit uh, to get different tones. Uh, but he does that and he like smacks his horse mask against the wall and, uh, you know, uh, uses the bathtub to get different tones. It's a lot of fun. Buckets the drummer <laughs> is a lot of fun in general. Give it a watch. Uh, anyway, my number two is Buckets the drummer. He did a cover of Master of Puppets. <laughs> I am a Alan. huge fan of internet drummers. Just FYI, that sharp dressed man drummer that was going hard at that wedding. Oh, the, the uh, wedding that, guy. Yeah, that guy or that person dressing like that giant anime costume at that like yeah. children's yeah, like <laughs> show, just going hard as fuck on the drum. Alan, I I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, and you should get a new prescription on your medication. But I'm in, dude. <laughs> Alan, Alan, question real quick: Is other than the horse mask, is he naked? No, 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 no. He has a uh, red flannel on, red flannel and uh, blue jeans. He does. That's even time. funnier. Same That's even funnier. Same outfit. Yep. Oh, it's great. So I actually, I looked him up. I think he's like a street performer in New York. So works in the subway stations. If you're in New York in the subway stations, keep an eye out. I mean, you know, he'll be the guy with the horse head mask on. You're going to have to narrow it down, I think. Yeah. He'll yeah, also even be blood playing bath. drums. But he'll be playing drums. Bloodbath never played drums. He does have six horse head masks. That's true. He's got a like check mark for sure. It's interesting. I feel like 10 years ago when you could have watched videos on YouTube or uh, or Instagram or just random shit that people posted, like, you know, I think people forget like the internet for a while was still like the wild west and like anybody could put anything up there. And like, there was something fun about it. Like you, like you're saying now, like a dude wearing a horse head, like playing drums, like that shit was out there. It was fun. And it was just, you know, sometimes it was just stupid and it just made you happy, kind of made your day. And I feel like way too many people have like tried to monetize that and make it, make it a career. And it's like, so some of that fun I think is gone. But every once in a while, like you can find someone with a horse head playing drums and it just brings you back <laughs> to it. Really? Like in his bathtub. It's great. Give it a look. <laughs> Certainly no one at the Tube Podcast Network would try to monetize anything. That's definitely not something that would happen over at <laughs> patreon.com slash real Dave Jackson for the Tube Podcast Network. Definitely not us. We but, hate money. Yeah. Dude. All right. So I was thinking about this while you were while you were talking about it. I think that's one of the unsung, when we talk about entertainment, people, me, myself included, would think about your favorite movies, video games, etc. But I watch just as many videos on YouTube or on Instagram. I watch more hours of Instagram videos and YouTube videos by far than TV. 
or movies. It's like it's another preferred medium of entertainment that I watch more than movies because uh, I can watch a well-produced thing about exactly what I want to watch something about, you know. So that is good. And Bloodbath, that weird, like you said, that weird internet stuff is still out there. I, f- I see it more on, um, you're more readily going to see it on TikTok or on Instagram videos or YouTube. Now they have those videos too. Um, so it's oh, still out oh, there. Oh, no. Yeah. I, trust me. I see it all day long too. And I'm like, you Dude, I know like... the TikToks you watch, man. I know you see it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my algorithm is is something else, man. But like, <laughs> no, no, I know all that stuff's still out there. But I just mean like there was a time where it just seemed like it was a little bit more um, ad- creatively adventurous. And I feel like some of that has gotten pushed aside because there's a lot of people who started trying to really game the system and figure out the algorithms and put stuff out they knew was going to be popular. And like when things start to get trendy, like they like people jump on the bandwagon and that's cool. Like that's always happened, but it's just like, there was just that like period of time. And that video just reminds me that that era where like people just, you know, people were just out there doing whatever the fuck they wanted to do. And like whatever stuck, stuck. And now <laughs> yeah, it feels like it, it, it feels kid. like it's, 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 <laughs> they think about it a lot more than they used to. I think that's really oh, what. Yeah, like. dude, people, people are like legit trying to game the YouTube algorithm to, to make a career or the TikTok algorithm to try and, you know, make some money or get some free shit. And it's like, I don't begrudge them. I respect the hustle. I'm, I'm doing the hustle myself, but I'm not like mad at that. There are there. I mean, I feel like I see if I look in the, like the Instagram recommended videos, I will see some people doing some weird shit. And I, I see the stuff that's going on on TikTok around Twitter and what you share in our group chat. I know there's people doing weird shit out there. Um, but now you can make money from doing your weird shit. Not like Star Wars kid thought he could make any money. So, like, why not? R.I.P. <laughs> Fan of the show. Fan of the show. Still, still in the league. <laughs> uh, all right. So that was uh, Alan. What's that guy's name? Uh, Buckets the drummer. He actually he toured or he played a show with Dragon Force. No shit. Exquisite. Yeah, they were big fans. Yeah, it was it was top notch. Yeah, how how could you not be? So that was Alan's yeah. number two. Buckets the drummer uh, playing Master of Puppets. Um, Bloodbath. What's your number two? All right, my number two. I was able to pull an album because not a ton of people a lot of people release some singles but more of the bands that i like to follow are releasing albums this year so um but one was by an artist and i already know you guys aren't gonna know who it is we'll we'll get past that we'll pull that bandit off right now it's an artist called uh mitski and the album is called lauren hell uh now if you're and again i know you guys are unfamiliar with her uh Okay. I, I I don't appreciate your tone. Um, she is um, to describe her music. She's sort of a she's kind of like a um, a Kate Bush meets um, it's like a like a modern Kate Bush with like more kind of guitar driven like music like more indie rock, um, but still like there's a lot of like dance and kind of electronic stuff going on there too. Um, kind of like maybe Kate Bush meets like, you know, 90s era, like Radiohead. Um, 
Anyway, uh, she, her last couple albums were a little bit more like guitar heavy. I kind of discovered her when she put out an album a couple years ago called um, Be the Cowboy. Uh, really, really good stuff. I suggest everyone check her out. Like, Dave, I know you're familiar with, because um, I know we've talked before about Phoebe, Phoebe uh, Bridgers. Um, sort of have think like we? that, but I believe we have. All right, I swear enough. you're not here. Okay. Uh, but like, anyway, like think of like that, but more, you know, closer to something like TV on the radio, but like just one woman. Anyway, I picked the album because not only is it really good, um, the whole album kind of deals with this idea of uh, her as a um, artist or celebrity and like the public perception of her. A lot of the songs sort of deal with like, you know, how other people see her, how she has to kind of grapple with um, her public image and her private life and stuff like that. And again, as I had said in my preamble, a lot of my picks sort of center around the idea of like the gear that I had. And one of the things that happened this year is, like I said, I got separated and divorced. And Aaron can attest, you know, we we live in a smaller town um, and everybody knows who I am, and who my family is. And, you know, you go through a divorce, a breakup, you know, people. <laughs> uh, People often talk and say things and people know your business that sometimes I, I've kind of made the joke before, but it, it's sort of real. It's like you're kind of a local celebrity um, as conceited as that sounds. I, I mean that in a, in a really sincere way. And I, too, know it's like sometimes it sort of feel like you have the perception of that the the public, but like the, the perception of people around town have of you versus like how you are in your personal life or how you see yourself and grappling with that idea. So I know that this album came out and it just really resonated with me. Some of those ideas and it was just kind of where I was at a certain point this year. So, uh, Mitski, Lauren Hill. I'm kind of a big deal is what Bloodbath <laughs> is trying to say. Here, here's okay. So I have nothing to say about that album, but, and celebrity was the wrong word to pick bloodbath it's it's uh it's it's but i get it like everybody knows me in tip city everybody every single person who lives in tip city that has ever sipped alcohol in their life gets me and so i understand that sort of like this is why i don't talk to people right this is why i don't associate <laughs> with people in tip city <laughs> like, right but like i you know I, I i have no idea what you're talking about music wise but i get everybody knowing you and it being weird well, everybody knowing you and being weird, but then it's like if you have some kind of a, again, I understand if I sound conceited. I truly don't mean it that way, but this is what I've experienced. If you have some kind of a, some kind of juicy gossip about you or a story to tell, even though I'm not telling a story, people talk and they ask you questions. And, you know, again, it's just one of those things like you're, you're out in the community and I can understand, you know, again, it's just, you know, it's interesting to hear an artist talk about having those sort of feelings on obviously a much bigger scale. Um, but I think it's also universal for most people to kind of feel like there's, you know, especially adults to feel like there's a, a public version of yourself and a private version of yourself, a version your friends see, a version your family sees. And just your representative, of, man. Yeah, absolutely. Your podcast, your podcast persona. Alan. <laughs> my podcast persona is be- no, no my Aaron, Aaron doesn't have a podcast Alan. persona this is exactly yeah. who he is in real life I'm this is who always, he is in church yeah. in school yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> had a job interview dude yeah <laughs> in kindergarten. they do not let Aaron in church okay <laughs> I mean that is just 
Yeah. Preacher said he's beyond saving. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to tell you this right now, Alan. There are a lot of churches that do not know who I am yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now I kind of get what Bloodbath is saying. And like, because I don't know, I was kind of in that same situation in neighborhoods I lived in overseas where I was literally the only like foreigner <laughs> that lived yeah, there. Guy, yeah. yeah. So I, I get that. But um, I don't know. It, it's It's not that inconceivable if you grew up in a small town um and especially if you've if you've been there you know working in the community for most of your life if not all, like all of your adult life basically so people right. know who you are it's if you if you're from a small town it's not inconceivable to say something like that and i guess like if you if you never lived in a town as as small as that it's it's kind of hard to understand but it's not you know I don't think Bloodbath's being an asshole by saying that people know who he is, because you know. Don't you know who we, I am? We we all know who he is, and, 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 and I'll say this: he's I'll kind link, of a big deal. And I'll, I'll link this back to the album in the fact that he's talking about it because this is something that she brings. Is, is it a she? Mitski yes. sounds like it. okay. Yeah. So uh, you know, you, you brought up this album because she talks about stuff like that. It's like one of those reasons I like Dave Chappelle so much is because like he like at least in his standup, like he kind of brings those things to the forefront, like his 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 personal life and dealing with fans and dealing with like what it means to you, you know even live in Yellow Springs. So like I can understand that like sort of like natural attraction to. Uh, a famous person who's willing to be like, okay, so like, here's what's up. Here's what it's like. So, you know, in, in that respect, like I also like that answer. Yeah. So uh, that was Bloodbaths number two, Mitski, and the album is called Laurel Hell. And I'll have to check it out. I still have no idea who that other person is that you said we talked about, but we used to, uh, we used to do some drugs and talk about music. So that's, that's cool. Um, my number one was Elden Ring. Aaron, what is your number one? There are a lot of layers to this because I'm going to say this right now and I totally mean it. I don't care about anything more than I care about what I am about to talk about. My number one is the 2022 New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I cannot stress this enough, dude. I care more about Pelicans basketball than I care about the Steelers the Orioles and my little brother combined, right? <laughs> and last year and the beginning of this year has been such a wild ride as a New Orleans fan. So we'll go back to last season, right? The Pelicans started, I think it was like, I think it was like one in 13, dude. And Dave can attest, Bloodbath probably can too, like attested to the group chat. Like I was just like, dude, fuck this team. I'm not talking about this team anymore i'm done and i do this every two years because this team is trash all the time but i was like i'm not going to talk about this team i don't care i don't care about zion he's never going to play again fuck brandon ingram he's never going to play again all our rookies suck like fuck our you know gm i don't care anymore and then last year went on a little bit Brandon Ingram comes back. We signed CJ McCollum in free agency. And then all of a sudden, this team is playing really well. And not only are they playing really well, they dug themselves out of a hole that is insurmountable. Imagine an NFL team starting one in seven and making the playoffs. That's basically what the Pelicans did last year. So they make the playoffs. Uh, they go at the number one seed, Phoenix Suns, who are stacked and should have won a championship. 
but they're a bunch of fucking hoes and they didn't. And, uh, and, uh, the pet, and I, I think that they did that because the Pelicans put such a fucking beating on them that they couldn't last the rest of the way. So the Pelicans, they, they don't win that playoff series. They, but they win two games, which two playoff games as a new Orleans fan, like W's is wild, especially after like that historic like pelicans were on pace to be like historically the worst team in basketball history and they turned that into a playoff series blah 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 they lose the series but you got a lot of momentum then this year starts zion williamson is back brandon ingram cherry cj mccollum out of his mind all these rookies we drafted playing really well in their second years and within two weeks the pelicans are unfucking stoppable they are number one seed in the western conference which is the hardest it, it there is such a huge difference between the Western and Eastern Conference, and that's another podcast. But they came out and they're on fire. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, CJ McCollum all have missed a lot of time this year, and the Pelicans are still third place. They had the best record for a New Orleans basketball team ever at Christmas ever. We have never had a team this good. So I'm I'm gonna chill because literally I could talk about the Pelicans. forever forever and ever but this has been the most exciting time to be a new orleans basketball fan because this is the only team we've ever had that maybe that has ever really had a chance to win a championship and i'm zoned in i've watched how many games have they played this year dave 40 uh they have played 44 games 44 I've watched 40 of them. Like I am zoned on this fucking team. I went to a game last night in Cleveland and had to deal with the worst people, Cleveland fans, FYI, <laughs> LNAO. And I, I, I was enthralled. I was stuck. I didn't, I didn't smoke weed. I, you know, I wanted to be sober. I wanted to be like, I wanted to absorb all of this shit. I love the Pelicans and I'm so excited with how they're playing. And I, I, I had to talk about them. I'll shut the fuck up, dude. I'll, I literally won't if you don't stop me. But yeah, my number one, 2022. This is the most fun I've ever had watching my basketball team. Basketball is my favorite sport. And it's always made me so sad that they're so, they're so, so bad. So I'm, I'm very excited for what this team is. And that a lot of that comes from like the team they ended 2022 being. So had to talk about them. L- love this fucking team, dude. Yeah, dude. I like the Pelicans team too. I mean, I'm contractually obligated to hate on them because you're my friend. You know how that works, but I get it. I do, I do like the Pelicans team and the reason the Suns didn't win the championship last year and they are, they are below 500 this year. The Suns are because Jose Alvarado stole Chris Paul's soul. <laughs> From him and Chris Paul ain't been the same since. No, that's undrafted free agent out of Georgia Tech, (laughs) six foot zero. Snatched his soul out of his Jose Alvarado on live (laughs) national television. I watched him play last night, dude. There were Cavaliers fans like he's such a dirty player. I'm like, bro, do not. I get me some rum and cokes, dude. I'm about to get drunk and fuck you up, dude. Like, (laughs) dude, I love this team. Like, I love. This and last year's New Orleans Pelicans more than I have loved any Orioles team, obviously, and any Steelers team I've ever watched. Like, this is to me, like, what, like, I imagine perfect basketball being. I I, I can't, 
describe it any better, dude. Watching basketball is great because I love basketball, but watching my team has never been great. And it's just so weird finally being in that. And I'll say, you know, you could say the same thing about like the, the Browns like two or three years ago where you're like, holy shit, are we winning games? Holy shit, are we going to the playoffs? Like that that's that same feeling I have for this team. Uh, except for uh, you know, unlike the Browns, we didn't shit the bed the very next year. So well, there's always there's always next year. What happened to those playoffs, Aaron? We we <laughs> lost in the playoffs, but I'm telling you this, a how, playoff. How loss, did you lose? Let's talk about how you lost, Aaron. Let's talk, let's Browns talk about two weeks in a row. That's right. Even Bloodbath's getting involved now. Ooh. I, I, it's bad. What? He doesn't How? know what to say. Aaron didn't know what to say, guys. Mark it down. First time, first time in his life. But that hurts so bad. But I'm telling you this right now, the Pelicans being as good as they are has literally made me forget about the Steelers. Like, Didn't what they I, lose when you went? They lost, right? Yeah, no Zion, no Brandon Ingram, no Herb Jones. He, you know, but, to he, be, you know, but to be clear, though, but to be clear, they did lose every game I've ever gone to <laughs> for my professional team. Like teams who aren't in Ohio, so I'm forced to only go to road games all the time. And that's just what it is. I'm that's tell not you this true. Right now. That's not true. We went to Camden Yards together, and the Orioles lost that too. <laughs> yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> right. Good, good point about the Orioles. But yeah, no, like, dude, I'm telling you this right now, like. Watching the Steelers this year was, was secondary. Watching the Steelers last year at the end was secondary to what this New Orleans Pelicans team is. This is the happiest I've ever been as a fan, and they haven't even won a playoff series yet. That's, that's so, true. Yeah, I had Aaron, to talk about it. Yeah. Aaron's not exaggerating, by the way. There, there's been many times over the past like year or so when we were like, hey, you want to record top three on this night? Aaron would be like, no, nah, the Pelicans are on. I can't. Or like, yeah, we're playing the Pelicans. Like, hey, Aaron, Aaron, your best friends are in town. You want to hang out for the first time in like six years? Now nah, the Pelicans are on. I'll, I'll catch you next time. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they're playing the uh, they're playing the last year's Kings. Yeah, yeah. dude, I, I literally <laughs> don't care about any other form of entertainment as much as i care about this pelicans team i watch their youtube show like i am i've been asking <laughs> youtube the, show that's true oh, yeah he, he, it, aaron shares the, squad, the graphics dude. that the social media team puts on instagram i'm telling you it's, i've been asked to be cute. a moderator for the new orleans pelicans reddit sub like i'm involved like you you don't get You're I only invested, don't talk, yeah. yeah i i only don't talk to you guys about the pelicans because Alan doesn't care about basketball. Bloodbath doesn't care about basketball. And Dave is a dirty, sneaking, fucking bitch-ass Lakers fan. And that's, that's true. What it is. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Play, play. We should stop talking about basketball because yeah. everybody's already turned this off. But New Orleans Pelicans, dude, couldn't, couldn't be more excited about what I they mean, were last year. People people already knew because you yell, go Pellies at the end of every other top three <laughs> episode. episodes. That do not <laughs> deal with basketball at all. Man, fucking yeah. go Pellies, dude. All right, so that was Aaron's number one, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans in recent years. Uh, Alan, what's your number one? Uh, my number one is uh, it spanned like most of the year 2022. Um, so there was a Super Bowl commercial, <laughs> and it was it was Larry David, um, and the premise of the commercial is Larry David would be presented with various inventions throughout time. Like, like 
the wheel and um, the light bulb and the toilet. And he would just say it wasn't going to work. Never work. We'll never get to the moon. It's too far away, you know? Um, And uh, so the last presentation of an invention was some guy from uh, FTX, which is like a crypto exchange. And he was pitching crypto to Larry David. And Larry David said, no, it'll never work. And the whole... The theme of the commercial was don't don't be like Larry. And, you know, like it was funny watching Larry David do his thing because it's funny watching Larry David do his thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't care about crypto. And then eight months later, like the company went under. And so that that like. Eight month period, I mean, like there it was it was a slow burn, but very funny that Larry David was actually right. And that the premise <laughs> of the commercial wasn't working. So uh, let me, let I, me get I, this. Is, is your number one, the slow crash and burn of crypto or is it Larry I, David's involvement in this? Say both. Say both. It's, it's both. Yeah. I okay. mean, it's, it's both, both of them were involved. Right. So yeah, both uh, Larry David. Well, so I just have it written down Larry David crypto commercial. That's that's what I've got. So <laughs> there's um, also that Matt funny. Damon cryptocurrency commercial where he was like, "You guys want to be on the cutting edge of this? Listen, I come from a family of coal miners and and school marms, and this is how we take back the money." I'm just like, and then like that whole like, isn't the Lakers arena called cryptocurrency crypto.com arena or something like that's that? That's right, <laughs> crypto.com <Jesus> arena. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like, dude, and I renamed. love Matt Damon, but watching the, it crash and burn and they're going to be like, hey, thanks, Matt Damon, for not being on our side anymore, dude. Like, we, <laughs> you were in Goodwill Hunting. You were one of us. <laughs> now, dude, Matt Damon hasn't been one of us for a long time, man. Long, long time, dude. Not since uh, not since the Born Ultimatum, dude. He's different now. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm glad I sold my Bitcoin <laughs> in time started. to buy a new computer. That's all I got. That's right, baby. I got my PS5 on that Dogecoin, dude. Don't you ever tell me nothing about investments. (laughs) You could say I'm something of an investor myself. Yeah. (laughs) Aaron, you got a PlayStation 3 months for everybody else? How? Oh, I got drunk and bought a bunch of Dogecoin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I'm afraid I have... Very little to say about that, except uh, the crash and burn of crypto has been funny to watch, especially very, because very I, funny. Sold, I sold all my shit a while ago. And bought yeah, very, very funny. So, Good call, Dave. Number one for Alan is that Larry David crypto commercial, his words. Uh, Bloodbath, what's your number one? All right, so my number one is The Batman, which came out back in March, April, sometime in the spring this year. So up front, it's a fantastic fucking Batman movie. Like if anybody out there is a fan of Batman, um, specifically Batman, I don't even know if I'd really even say like superheroes. Like this is definitely a really good version of the character. Um, it's a really interesting take on it. I know there's a lot of people that kind of complain about like they're tired of the dark and gritty style of Batman. I get that. However, this is still something that's, more unique than I think people give it credit for. It's not just like kind of a retread of like the stuff that happened in like the dark Knight and all that sort of stuff. 
it it is it is definitely a different take and version of Batman. It's a unique one. It's really interesting. Uh, it's just a really good movie. Robert Pattinson's a great Batman. Um, awesome all around. Again, going back to the theme, it really resonated for me because this was uh, during my separation and divorce. And I remember that just kind of the way things were going around that time, I just I had the day had the afternoon free. I didn't have my kid. I didn't have to work. Um, I was still in the process of moving out of my house. And I just kind of went and spent the afternoon and early evening watching the Batman by myself. I haven't gone to see a movie by myself in years. Uh, This is the first movie I've seen in theaters since uh, COVID. So uh, it was, it's just real different. Um, It was a real kind of, there was something about it. It's just like, I'm, I'm, it's one of those moments I'm always going to kind of remember. And like, you know, it's a really good movie. And I really, you know, it was a, it was an interesting moment in time. And what's really resonates with me about the movie too. Not necessarily your typical superhero movie and spoilers, you know, Batman loses in this movie. Um, he doesn't really win. He doesn't really save the day. And the whole, there's a lot of stuff in the movie about kind of um, about failure and uh, the process of uh, dealing with trauma and healing. And I think for me personally and everything that was going on, it was really interesting to kind of see a movie where the hero doesn't necessarily save the day. He doesn't win. He actually fails. And it was something I think I really needed to see at that point in time this year. So it really personally resonated with me. I know like the Batman is on like everybody's number one list for movies this year uh, or for 2022. Uh, rightfully so. It's a great movie. Um, anyone that hasn't seen it, I definitely suggest suggest watching it. Even if you're not a superhero fan, this is definitely um, just, just a, it's just a fucking great movie. It It is definitely represented on the listener top threes. So lots of people will, will agree with you there. That's interesting. I, um, I didn't know. For, I forgot that movie came out, but I'm glad it was good. And um, also from what I heard, it's not like telling the Batman origin story again, right? No, there is no Batman origin story. You were just right in the middle of it and you just have to figure out what's going on around it. Uh, it's also it's it's um, I mean, it's really just like a thriller. It's, it's a psychological thriller. Like there's there's nice. not even a ton of action sequences in it. It's a it's a detective movie. It's seven, good, it's uh, basically it's basically seven, but Batman isn't it? Hell yeah, that's a good uh, good space for Batman to be in. I think because I don't think we I don't think I need to see Batman like beat the shit out of like hundreds of people in a movie. Um, Gotham City's always kind of been like ripe for something like that. I think. Yeah, it, it's also interesting. Um, Alan, Aaron, I, Aaron, I'm sure you didn't see it. I don't know if Alan you saw it or not, but like you watch the movie and there's, there's a lot of cool sequences. There's a lot of cool scenes. Most of them are more dramatic than anything else, but they also, and I know they do this intentionally. There's so many scenes in the movie where Batman looks or comes off like a total doofus, not so much like a winking at the camera, like, Oh, isn't this silly? Like there's one scene again. I mean, spoilers, Batman winds up in, uh, in the police station 
surrounded by all the uh, police officers and they're, they're trying to interrogate him and they're going to try and, and arrest him and he ex- ex- escapes and he's running down the hallway and it's shot. It, it looks like it's just a regular police station. It's not shot super dramatically or anything. And you just see a grown man running and Robert Pattinson's not a big bulky guy. So you just see this like dude running down the hallway in a Batman costume with his cape all over the place. And he just looks kind of weird and like that's very <laughs> intentional to the movie because they're not really trying to make him gothic and 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 creepy and intimidating. Like he's very much like a character, and he's doing things he's doing for a reason. And there's everything builds to a certain point because again, the movie's about like Batman kind of being flawed and like failing at the end of the day, and that he is just like this like broken human being, and like that's so much the key to the movie. So in the find so many ways to, to kind of integrate that completely. Like I said, it's not like it's not tongue in cheek. It's not like he's looking at the camera, like making a stupid joke. Like that's not what's happening. It's just, you're seeing very much just a, a dude running around in a costume. And it's like, Oh, he kind of looks silly. And in that context, you're like, Oh, this is kind of fucked up. Does that make sense? Yeah, dude, totally. So I, I did not watch the movie, um, but I agree with Dave. I think that that's a really, really good direction for the whole Batman. Cause I like Batman movies. I probably have, I have, I don't have any of the Christopher Nolan ones because I, I agree with Dave. I don't need to see Batman punch out like 400 people during the course of a movie. Um, but, well, that playing guitar. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I muted myself. Yeah. So who's the villain in this movie? It's Paul Dano, right? And this is what I'm, I wanted. To, I don't I know. Have who, no idea who that is. This guy is a wonderful actor. He was in There Will Be Blood and Little Miss Sunshine, and weirdly, The Girl Next Door. Who was he I, in Little Miss Sunshine? Because I've he, watched he, that one. He, he was the older brother in Little Miss Sunshine. All right, I got you. Okay. Yeah, and uh, not only that, Robert. Pattinson is in this movie and I'm a really big fan of him. I Bloodbath is right. I have not seen this movie, but what Dave said earlier about Al, uh, about weird, the Al Yankovic story being like actually on his list and not like being like <laughs> whatever about it. This movie is on like my list. Like the, the minute I'm able to actually like, you know, find a way to watch it. I do want to watch it because I like both of those actors a lot and I've heard nothing but great things about it. Alan, go ahead. Uh, you, you didn't answer his question. The bad guy is the Riddler. Okay, okay, fair enough. Thank you, Bloodbath. (laughs) I did not. Nice. I I was like, oh, clearly he's talking about the actor that I want to talk about for two seconds. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. Aaron's Aaron's the kind of guy that doesn't know that the, like, the peak part of Batman movie is is who the villain is. Who's Batman fighting that movie? I've watched every Batman movie. I'm very familiar, but I go off, homeboy. It's Paul Dano. It's Paul Dano has a Riddler. Um... John Turturro plays Carmine Falcone That's and cool. Colin Farrell plays the penguin. And again, the it's, he's I, the, I like it. Paul Dano plays the Riddler, but like, he's just a serial killer, like nothing else. He leaves riddles, but it's not anything crazy and, uh, and over the top. Right. It's, like, it's like all like, you're going to die anyways. <laughs> well, and well, um, I mean, Bloodbath said uh, he he made the comparison to Seven, so right. that's kind of like taking shape in my mind. That sounds pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that's it cool. Does yeah. Sound cool. Yeah, cool. I also think it's very funny that like Robert Pattinson was like this 
bat person in these movies 10 years ago and everyone was like nah i don't want to watch that and then he's this bat person in these movies and everybody's like man that movie's great <laughs> he's made some good movies since twilight and, <laughs> like that, and, that's and funny funny enough that's a good comparison alan but if you if it, if i if any of you guys go and watch the movie the first like 10 minute sequence is pretty cool and the entire the first 10 minutes that you watch it there's an account Batman has an encounter, but like they set it up and they describe it, like they set the tone and everything. And it's like he comes off like he's literally Dracula. Like he lives in the <laughs> shadows. He's just this weird little goblin that like pokes his head out and is like, ah. Like it's real like I'm telling and I know that sounds funny when I say it. Watch it, you'll be like, oh, this is like really interesting. It's oh, it's it a is. good movie. It's exactly like Bloodbath described. Cool. So <laughs> Bloodbaths number one, the Batman. Let's uh, do some quick honorable mentions here. Uh, my honorable mention, another video game, surprise, surprise. Although unlike Elden Ring, um, this game, Elden Ring took like probably h- hundreds of millions of dollars to make. This game cost the developer $1,000 and it's called Vampire Survivors. And it's free on mobile right now. You can go download it for free, but it's also on um other stuff it's on pc and xbox and stuff too um and it's a it's it's a game where you walk around your attacks auto fire you find new weapons you upgrade the stuff that you have and sooner or later it's absolute fucking chaos on the screen and it's the most addicting game i think i've ever played so vampire survivors honorable more than stardew yes okay i've seen stuff about it dude it looks fucking really cool yeah it's great so that's my honorable mention aaron how about you all right, I have three, and I'll uh, rapid fire them. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles last year they finished five hundred. <laughs> the fuck is that all about, dude? I watched like six Orioles games last year. That's six times the amount I watch uh, normally. Uh, another one, uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, beating the Browns in his final game at Heinz Field at the end of last season, ushering us into the playoffs. And uh, the best documentary I saw last year, which is George Carlin's American Dream. It's a docuseries about George Carlin that was out on HBO. That was really, really good. So th- Ooh, those are that was good. Nice. It was super. It was super good. So those are my three. Nice. I forgot an honorable mention to uh, watching Aaron Judge uh, break Roger Maris's record. That was very good. I bet that was awesome. Yeah. Did yeah. you watch like every game over that like 10 game stretch or did you I watched, just happen yeah. to tune into like, the was, right one? I was, um, I watched, I, if there were like 10 games when he was approaching the record, I probably watched seven of them. Yeah. Like you, you, you like pay attention to the box, like the game cast to see when he's about to come up and then you jump into the stream real quick. I yeah. did the same thing for like two days and then he didn't do it. And I was like, yeah, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Fair enough. Alan, how about you? Honorable mentions? Uh, I got a lot of them, so Hold on to your butt. Yeah, because Alan, um, your list is everything that made you laugh during the year 2022. Yeah, yeah. It's very <laughs> obvious you just discovered the internet, which is very funny. <laughs> um, so to start off, um, the Donald Trump NFTs. Those that was absolutely hilarious. It made my day. Um I thought it was fake. I thought it was like a parody to begin with. But the Donald Trump NFTs, uh the time that Taylor Swift broke uh, Ticketmaster, um, <laughs> the fact that Nick Cannon had another kid, <laughs> <laughs> that, that meme 
with Putin sitting at the really long table. That was very funny. Um, <laughs> I want to punch him so much, dude. Yeah, dude, Alan, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I, but like, he's right. <laughs> That time that Will Smith slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. That, that was, was awesome. very, very funny. Dude, I was going to I was going to mention. That's so funny. Very good. Um <laughs> the pictures of the James Webb from the James Webb telescope, those were really cool. Um all of the memes of the funny spirit Halloween costumes. Uh I thought <laughs> those, those were very really funny. funny. Oh. I made a Ryan Day trash can one of those one time. It was very funny. <laughs> that's that's excellent. Um uh the time that Tom Brady unretired, um when Joe Biden fell off his bike, and then <laughs> how the internet reacted <laughs> to Queen Elizabeth dying. Those were my top entertainment moments. Ooh, somebody take Alan's phone, dude. He's gone yeah, mental dude. on account of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. I hate you so much. Uh, yeah, me too, you piece of shit. Bloodbath. Try and salvage this, please. <laughs> um, uh, the bear on FX. Uh, everybody was big on that this summer. It's a good show. Um, I mean, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. That was pretty, uh, <laughs> that was pretty legit. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's what I got. All right. So let's get into our community top threes. Uh, and again, we have quite a bit of, uh, quite a number of them and we uh, appreciate everyone who writes in with their top threes. So I'll get us started with Chris N who's a patron of the tube. Thank you, Chris. Number three, Marvel snap, which is a, a mobile Marvel card game, uh, which is really good. Number two, bluey season three, shout out to all the parents of young children out there. Shout outs. Shout Hell out. Steve. Yeah. Season three. <laughs> motherfucker. And, uh, number one, teenage mutant Ninja turtles shredders revenge. That's also a badass game. Yeah, I've heard. Next up, we have Ryan, a patron from the List Off podcast. Number three, House of the Dragon. Watched the first episode. It had a very graphic pregnancy scene, and I did not go back, but I hear a lot of good <laughs> things. Number two, Marvel Snap, which by Dave's description sounds just awful. Uh, and number one, Andor. <laughs> Next up is Soccer Chick. Uh, no E's and only three C's. But... Presumably, she is a member of the Patreon. So, you know, obviously better than most of you. Uh, number three is Horizon Forbidden West. Number two, Better Call Saul season six. And number one, Tunic, which I thought was a shirt. It is a shirt, but it's you also the name, also the name of a video game that I think Alan, you should try. You can you buy it on Switch. You would love it. It's like Zelda, but harder you, you would love it's, that fucking game Alan. It's, yeah it's like zelda but new where do you it's like it? how it's do you on play switch it? it's on switch okay yeah all right all right uh, i never got anybody into better call saul i watched the first uh two seasons and i i thought it was really great and then i stopped watching tv um by all accounts season <laughs> yeah. six is like by all accounts like the last actually the last couple seasons are like as good as Breaking Bad ever got, which is crazy, but it's getting that kind of praise. What about here? Yeah. What I only watched the first season. All right. 
All right, next up we have Rag Boy. <laughs> no, that's his new name. Anybody, that's his new name now. Number three, OSU beating Penn State. Laugh out loud. Uh, wacky, number two, wacky. <laughs> Bryce Harper over in, in LCS. And number one, the Batman. My my favorite part is how rap. I'm sorry, Rag Boy asked both asked Dave for both me and him to read this, and he instead he threw it to Bloodbath. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> only only kind of intentional. Um, next up is Craig. Craig's number three is the Bills versus the Chiefs playoff game. Um, I I don't remember who won. The Chiefs won, right? Thank. It was a boring game. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, I'm sure they scored a lot of points, right? I I don't remember it either. It was the Chiefs. Anyway, uh, number two was the Bear, like Bloodbath just said. And number one, uh, the World Cup final, France versus Argentina. I agree. That was an incredible uh, final. (laughs) All right. I'm going to assume this says mystery take. Uh, So, uh, And these are all Korean documentaries. For the casual listener who don't dramas. watch Korean documentaries, Aaron, Aaron, the sorry, word says just, dramas. No, 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 no. It <laughs> definitely says documentaries. Uh, so, mystery take qua all Korean dramas for the uneducated people here, not me and Bloodbath. Uh, number three, my liberation notes, great Korean drama. Uh, number two, 2521. That one's all right. Uh, and number, number one, I sh- ex- ex- extraordinary attorney Woo. Number one, I, that's, I that, that. that's a great title. I stop <laughs> see, these are, see, these are weird because they're, they're Korean and these are translated titles. <laughs> no, no, but, no, that's part of what makes it very funny to me. But these are like, these aren't like Google translate spit out these titles. These are the English titles for the shows, but they're yeah, very, sure. they use very weird words and they're always, they're always funny. Extraordinary, Extraordinary attorney. attorney woo. Woo. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have Dave, a completely, entirely different, not the same Dave from the Remember 64 podcast, uh, whose number three is God of War Ragnarok, whose number two is Nobody Saves the World. I haven't heard of whatever that is. And number one is Severance, which I also have not heard of. Honorable mention and or I have heard of that one. Is Nobody Saves the World that like... Zelda-esque style game with like the white marshmallow guy. Yeah. Da- da- yep. Okay. I, I bought that. that game everything is uh, like Zelda though. No, but is. this, this one kind it, it of is. looks like it's like it's that like, top it's, down. It's like the link to the past is it, yeah. kind of what it is. That same, I, that same I, camera. I hated view. that. I spent like 30 <laughs> bucks because I thought it looked cool and I was Rest bored in, peace, in like Dave. an hour. Jeez. No, 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 Dave. Hey, listen, me. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad somebody liked it, dude, but I, I bought that game and I was like, Ugh. I'm going to go back um, to playing Rocket League. <laughs> Severance is a uh, a show that I don't know what it's on, but people say it's really good. Oh, okay. All right. Next up, we have Brian, both the Kane and Rents and Character Issues podcast. Number three, A Plague Tale Requiem. Number two, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. And number one, Elden Ring. Great list, another, Brian. Another Weird Al. Yeah. Uh, next up is Jala. 
Number three, Unmasking Autism, which is a book. Uh, number two, The Rings of Power. Uh, I forgot. I did watch that. I fell asleep many times. I did not finish it. Sorry, Jala. And shit, I got this one. I was supposed to give it to Alan. Uh, number one, Vikram Veda. I'm going to pronounce that completely wrong, and I'm not going to look up how to say it, uh, which is, is a movie. why you wanted Alan to have it? That's why I wanted Alan to have it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, make that lawyer look like a fucking dick. I'm all yeah, about that. But instead, it's just I'd me looking like a that, dick. Yep. I'd have yeah, had that looked up already, Dave. No, you you wouldn't have, Alan. Shut up. Alan's seven smoothie sour beers in. All right, next up we have have Nick. Uh, His number three is RRR, which was that on our action movies? It was. He talked, it was on his action movies list. Yeah. It's, I I don't remember. uh, That was the Bollywood action movie musical that he said is like four and a half hours long. Ooh, wow, that is yep. a mix that I'm I just gonna not. have to take your word for that, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> um, number two, everything, everywhere, all at once, which I hear is awesome. Uh, number one, Argentina versus France World Cup final. I, I did, I could, I did not watch that. Uh, and honorable mention, Top Gun Maverick, which everybody says is dope. It's okay. <laughs> Except for bloodbath, rat boys, rat boys <laughs> punching air. Totally right, yeah, okay. yeah, dude, dude, rat boy just went and yelled at his daughter while she's sleeping. <laughs> uh, next up is Jeff, formerly Jerf. Why is he Jerf anymore? Yeah, changed his name legally. That's we like have the to respect that's it. known as, dude. You know? Yeah, we have to respect it. He went to the courthouse and everything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, that's what you got to do. Uh, number three, Jeff's number three is season three of Barry, which I watched, like, part of the first season. I it was pretty good. I didn't even think about Barry, dude. That's such a good show. I've heard that. So, okay, yeah. good pick. That's way uh, better num- than Elden Ring. <laughs> number two, <laughs> number two is Weird, the Al Yankovic story, which we've heard a lot about today um and then number one is the live electrocardiogram of his own still beating heart which we haven't heard anything about jeff's heart today <laughs> well congratulations Jeff, how's your heart buddy still beating like i mean still beating that's excellent contender for uh winner that's a good list all right next up we have the 30 and nerd number three miss marvel Number two, the Batman, <laughs> and number one, the Midnight Club. Ooh, Blood Bat's getting frisky. Blood Bat's three smoothie sour beers deep. Uh, that was the uh, thirty and nerdy podcast. Blood Bat cut out there for a bit. Thirty and nerdy wow. podcast. Uh, and I will round us out with our final submission from the This Week in Metropolis podcast. Number three, The Batman. Sorry, The Batman. Sorry. The Batman. Batman. Sorry. <laughs> Number two, being funny in a foreign language. I don't know what that is, uh, but I agree. <laughs> being funny is good. I, I respect it. And number one, The Boys. Uh, I assume The Boys had a new season in 2022. It was, it was season three. It was very okay. I almost put it on my list, but it is my least favorite of all The Boys seasons. Yeah. I watched the I first three episodes. Yeah. I watched the first three episodes. I really liked it. And it's been like three and a half weeks. I haven't watched any more. And uh, <laughs> at, this point, at this point, it's going to take like actual effort <laughs> to go back and watch them, even though I think it's great. Yeah. 
So uh, that is all of our listener community top threes for this episode. We appreciate everybody who sent in their top threes. Um, If you listener would like to be like them and share your top three with us on a future episode, the best place to do that is in our discord server uh, where you'll, you can come join the community of cool people that are in there chatting about all kinds of stuff, movies, video games, stuff like that. Um, we put out the call for top threes in there. We would love to have you. Cool group of people. Uh, Aaron's not there most of the time. So very cool group of people. Yeah, yeah I'm not there. Alan, you guys should Alan come. Is, Alan is literally never there. It's awesome. So. <laughs> Alan just has not discovered Discord yet. He will. And then you'll be like, why the fuck did we tell him about the Discord? Yeah. Why does he keep putting eight, the bucket the drummer? Line, guys, don't yeah. worry. You got years before. <laughs> but uh, the Discord server is a fun place. Uh, we would love to have you. You'll find an invite link down in the show notes. Um, also, we put the call out for listener top threes on our social media pages on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter a few days before recording. So find the link again down in the show notes. Uh, give us a follow. You won't miss our new topics. So that is the show. Oh, shit. I forgot. Do we have a winner for the list of top threes? Jerf. And I refuse to call him Jeff. I don't care what he puts down. His You're going to go to jail if you don't respect his, his name. I'm going to start calling him Jerf. <laughs> He's Swedish, you see. <laughs> El Jerfo. <laughs> uh season three of barry weird and yeah still beating heart that that's entertainment if i've ever heard yeah i would love to see that yeah yeah, i'm gonna go get me i'm gonna go pay seventeen thousand dollars for a cardiogram (laughs) brb uh all right well um aaron's homeless now he doesn't have internet so we're looking for a new (laughs) co-host on a top three podcast it should Uh, be yerf yerf that's yerf Send your co-host applications to bloodbathmcgrath at gmail dot but that is our email address. (laughs) Thank you everybody for listening. Tune in next time for our next top three. Peace. Bloodbath, play us out. No. Mm. Hooray. Bye. Bye guys.